Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. This is What I Eat When, Mamma Mia's new food podcast, all about meals, memories and moments. Every week I'll be joined by a guest who will take me through what they eat when because every meal tells a story and of course, by the end, we'll have a recipe to try at home. I'm Silvia Carlucca. I am an Italian-born food lover living in Sydney. I'm a professional actor and opera singer, but my true love is food. From a young age, I learned how to cook from my mama and nonna, and since then, I've gone to host TV shows, write cookbooks on how to make authentic Italian food. And what I love about food is that it is a mood booster. No matter how long and hard my day has been, a bowl of cacio e pepe will fix absolutely everything. And that's why I'm here to bring you conversations all about food. This week... I'm joined by French-Australian chef Manu Feldel, whose love and mastery of food runs in his blood. His great-grandfather was a pastry chef and his grandfather and father were chefs. And you'll know him as co-host of My Kitchen Rules and Plate of Origin on Channel 7. He's a fabulous chef with years of experience. Hello, Manu. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> What an introduction. <laughs> well, I actually forgot to mention that you're actually also a circus artist. Oh, used to be. I mean, I'm still a clown here and there, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was my first, what, what I thought I wanted to do in my life. Circus artistry. Yeah. I never thought, of, I, I mean, I was always eating and love food from very young age, but I never thought of becoming a chef. I thought of entertaining people and, and having a laugh, like uh, I was the clown at school and, <laughs> and so on. So I thought... I don't struggle to see why. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have already found something about yourself that some people may not have known, but can you tell me some more about yourself and what you love about food in 30 seconds? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. 30 Timer seconds. is on. And your time starts now. I, I mean, it's, I know it sounds cliche and boring, but food is, is what I live for. And it's not a chore. It's pleasure. It's, it's just relaxation. It's, it's smelling the beautiful smell in the house and, and so on. So I, I, food is fantastic. Brings people together. I think so too. You know what I love about food is that it can also help repair friendships. I mean, if you've had a tiff, a little argument, just get them over for dinner. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> a little bit of nice food, a glass of wine. If you don't repair that friendship like that, then maybe it's not worth repairing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to ask you some quick fire questions. Mm. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. What was the first thing you ate today? Oh, the first thing I ate today was cheese, actually. Was that uh, your breakfast? Well, like, I, I, I do went, French people have brie for breakfast? No, or? no. Well, I, I, I <laughs> kind of skipped breakfast. I had a double shot latte, went boxing, 
came back and I had to do stuff with the kids. And then by the time I came back home, it was about 10.30 and I was starving. But I didn't want to eat before lunch and because I missed breakfast. So <laughs> it I sounds just, like the convoluted life of a father. Yeah. So I opened the fridge and the, the cheese was looking at me going, eat me, eat me. Perfect. So yeah, Protein. Yeah. Love it. What was the first thing you've ever cooked? The first thing I ever cooked was probably, you know, those packet uh, marble chocolate vanilla cakes that you... Yeah. yeah. I baked uh, one yesterday, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was very young with mom and uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of delicious, easy cake. I, I mean, I know you just put everything in a bowl and you mix it and that's it. But yeah, I was probably about seven or eight years old or something. That's beautiful. I, I make that cake with my kids as well because they love a cutting into the cake and revealing the pattern yeah, because yeah, every yeah. time it's a bit yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. surprise cake. There you go. What's the last thing you cooked? The last thing I cooked... Brie doesn't count. No. <laughs> the last thing I cooked was... I had people over and I wanted them to try my, my, my sauce ranch. I cooked a, a couple of steaks and that was quite delicious. Oh. With the asparagus... Asparagus are amazing. Green asparagus, full in season now. Oh, Night stop thick. your asparagus on anything. <sighs> yeah. It's <was> good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the mains now. What you eat when? And this is probably a question that's going to be triggering for you. I know it's quite triggering for me at the moment because I'm feeling that way a lot. But what do you eat when you're homesick? You see, I follow a lot of my, my first cookbook because it's a lot of, it's the typical French food, typical French food that my mom used to cook for me. It doesn't matter if you're a professional chef or you've been trying for how many years, 20, 30 years, the comfort food is always mom's food. And you know that yourself, Italian food, French food. So there's a recipe that I'm happy to share with you about that roast chicken on Sunday with targan butter under the skin. You're going to have to share that recipe with us. It's an easy one. And this is your mum's recipe? Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to know why that recipe in particular reminds you of your mum because I'm sure she would cook so many other things for you uh, growing up. Do you have like a particular memory that is associated with that smell of tarragon and butter in your kitchen or with her busying herself at the stove? I think, I mean, yes, mum was a great home cook, like brilliant home cook. And we're very lucky because we're not living in middle class kind of type of family. And even though the mum put food on the table every day, it was never, you know, expensive meals. But made with love and I think that the roast chicken is probably the most expensive kind of dinner I suppose mums and dad were divorced since we were very young so it was just the three of us you know my sister and myself and mom and it's just that chicken in the middle of the table the three of us on the weekend it provided a sense of family yeah, yeah exactly and it's funny because there's hundreds of recipes I could talk to you about my mom's cooking but this one for some reason is the one that hits the spot. I think it's the perfume of the tarragons. I'm off to buy tarragon <laughs> right now, fresh and dried. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that's what it is. What does that do to you when, you, when you're making a recipe that's been passed on to you or, or when you're tasting it? Does it make you time travel back to a place yeah, in it's, France? Yeah, it's like a song. It's like a smell. It's like... A, food and it's like it's memories that's stuck in a little drawer in your brain that brings you back there straight away and and uh, that that roast chicken when it's in the oven and the tarragon just perfume the whole house 
yeah, I'm just, if I could turn around to the dinner table and mom would be sitting there, it'd be the same, you know. Oh, yes. How beautiful. What do you eat when you're on holiday? So when we go on holidays, we go places where the map is followed by restaurants. (laughs) So if we go to Malaysia, if we go to France, uh, even if we go stay here in Australia, it's all mapped out with restaurants and foods. So Uh, you don't like to cook when you're on holiday? Not really, no. No. Like if I go back to mom's or if I go back to Claire's parents, I, I cook maybe one, two meals. But I want them to take me out to like in Malaysia. The food is absolutely amazing because this Chinese, Malay, Indian, Sri Lankan all mixed up together and it's hole in the wall, plastic chairs. Unfussy, unfussy, unpretentious. Hygiene is terrible. But who cares? <laughs> like finger licking wood everywhere we go. So and, and I put on white very quickly. Oh, hence all your yeah. training. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you eat when you really feel like cooking? I love a stew. Oh. You know, like, I love... Can you, can, can you give me the French word for stew? bourguignon. Okay, because stewed <laughs> sounds like, yeah. you know, something a bit boring. So let's no, yeah, make it sexy. I, like, what I love about a, a French stew, a boeuf bourguignon, is you start with simple ingredients with beef chicks and carrots and celery and, and a bit of spike bacon and, and so on, red wine and... Two and a half hours later, you've got something that is absolutely bloody delicious. It's almost like making a, a magic potion. Yeah. Like stirring all yeah. these ingredients ex- in a cauldron ex- and then poof, and I, I f- two hours later. It makes sense to me what happens in a pot, but it also makes no sense to me because who decided to put all those things together and then suddenly was going to become that? Alchemist. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is a very creative act, cooking, I mm. suppose. And, and I think for people like you and I who have got a creative spark and then we have found another way to express it, I suppose. And you can't cut out steps, you know. You really have to follow the marinating the chicks in red wine overnight and really give it a beautiful color on the outside so you get a caramelization, but it also darkens your sauce. And using the, the Shiraz really deep red wine, they're really going to give you the, the intensity of flavor in there and, and so on. So, it, yeah, all of those layers after two and a half, three hours of cooking very they slowly, pay off. they just pay off, yeah. So you show it a bit of love to begin with. And yeah. then you just give it some time. And then the love is in the middle of the table to share with the family. Oh, mm. stop it. What do you eat when you're happy? Anything, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, or let's put it this way. If I'm happy and for me, happiness means I, f- I feel healthy and I feel yeah happy in my head. I would probably do junk food, you know, like a good burger from a, a dirty, oh, yeah, a dirty corner shop. You feel shop. like you've deserved yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's happiness. Who give the F? You know? <laughs> He's just dropped the F. Just the F. Just the F. No, That's fine. No, you no, Just the F. That's fine. <laughs> We're good. No language warning on this podcast. Now, we need to talk about that tarragon chicken Mm. situation because I can tell you now I want that recipe and I'm pretty sure that everybody who's listening is salivating at the idea of their kitchen smelling like a French bistro and your mum in their kitchen (laughs) making this for them so is there a way you can explain it to us just in words without the visuals? Yes, 100% some people may be shocked by the amount of butter I use but forget about that (laughs) but what I do is I get a a block of 250 gram butter outside the fridge so it, it becomes soft so you can mix it together. And in there, I put pepper. The salt is already in there in the, in the butter. Oh, you use salted butter. Yeah, and a handful of dry tarragon. 
Because oh. I suppose if you use fresh, you need to use it at the end of your cooking. If you use it at the beginning of your cooking, you have to use dry. So this is a great tip. This and, is a fantastic tip. And I mix it to a paste. And then what I do is I get my chicken. I use organic chicken because it's one of the only meat that I believe that organic's the best. And I kind of slide my hand between the breast and the skin, you know, gently from, and then put it off. And then I stuff that butter. You should see the hand gestures, you oh, guys. I'm sweating. Sorry. This, is, <laughs> um, this is an R-rated podcast. <laughs> um, tell me what you're doing with the breast I, again. So I massage the breast <laughs> with my butter. <laughs> um, and then make sure that I touch a bit of the thighs as well. Of you know, course. You, you don't know. want to leave the thighs alone. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. And I'm blushing. And, and then I, I tie it up oh, all together. Do that too, yes. <laughs> With a bit of butcher's wine. And, and then so basically then I put that chicken on the base of vegetable, you know, like baby potatoes, carrots and red onions and garlic and so on. And then I throw it in the oven for about 45 to uh, maybe an hour perhaps if, the, if you've got a big chicken. What and, temperature? Uh, I start with 200 and then, and then I reduce it for the last 15 minutes until the skin is absolutely crispy and the chicken is just absolutely juicy. And the way you know the chicken is cooked is you, you lift it from the pan and you get the juices from the inside to run. If they are a little brownish, it still needs to cook a bit more. If they're clear, chicken's cooked. Ready to rest. Ready to rest. Okay, so the resting time is really crucial, isn't it? How long do we rest a roast chicken? I, th I mean, you kind of go up to 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, and and what I do then is like, I, I kind of cut the piece of the chicken off the bone and then flush it in the oven again and then serve it. Well, this was just fantastic. I am now a bit flushed and definitely very hungry. <laughs> Thank you, Manu, for joining me on what I eat when. Thank you for having me. I am Sylvia Kolaka on what I eat when. Subscribe, share and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>